Hello, I'm Deneen Erasmus. Welcome to another episode of The Weekly Wrap. This is a podcast in which I will tell you about some of the top articles from the latest edition of Farmers Weekly magazine. We will also take a look at the week's biggest agricultural news stories. New on shelf this week is our 4 December issue, which comes with a special pull-out section about the finalists and winners in the 2020 Agricultural Research Council Beef Performers Awards. This week's main feature articles include a production story on Meat Masters. We speak to sheep farmer Nico Grobler about his work to breed wireworm-resistant Meat Masters. We also feature a new South African-developed mobile dehasker for macadamia nuts, which promises to save producers of this crop lots of time and money. And we visit a farmer in the Western Cape, who is a good example of the success that can be achieved on a land reform farm. Through rigorous selection, Meatmaster stud breeder Nico Grobler from Northwest has succeeded in significantly reducing wireworm infestation in his current Meatmaster flock. This has enabled him to run the stud successfully in an area that is highly susceptible to this parasite. Wireworm poses the greatest threat to sheep farming in Fentersdorp and the surrounding districts. But Grobler aims to develop a wireworm-free meat master flock over the next five years. To this end, only rams that have never been diagnosed against wireworm are used in the Kern meat master flock. Very few of the ewes that need to be treated for parasite are allowed to remain in the flock while rams needing treatment are culled without exception. For the selection, ewes are weighed and monitored um, on a monthly basis according to the Famasha system. The decision on whether or not to cull is based on the infected animal's genetic merit and the value of the contribution that she makes to the stud. Grobler says he simply cannot afford any animal that threatens the health status of the flock. He replaces ewes at a rate of 20% annually, and by continually replacing them with wireworm-resistant animals, he's well on his way to having a flock that's entirely unaffected by the parasite. So far this year, he says, he only had to treat about 20% of adult ewes, despite the extremely high rainfall of 800 millimeters. Let's move on to macadamias. When Fairview Farm was using a static macadamia dehasker, KwaZulu-Natal macadamia farmer Robert Carlton Shields estimated that his pickers each lost about two hours productivity a day during the harvest season. He set about remedying this, and his subsequent collaboration with an engineering company, Protea Engineering, has resulted in a mobile macadamia dehasker that can save farmers lots of time and money during the macadamia harvest season. Until 2014, Fairview Farm used only a static, electric-powered four-lane dehasker, and the tractor and trailer carrying the nuts had to take multiple trips per day. To overcome this challenge, Carlton Shields says he spent years building and improving a mobile dehasker to enable his pickers to be more productive. Protea Engineering used many of his ideas to design and manufacture what is now the 3T1500 mobile macadamia dehasker. Carlton Shields and Protea Engineering agreed that the machine had to operate at the lowest possible hourly cost. To achieve this, the design team focused on several key aspects such as reducing diesel consumption, designing the dehasker to be hauled by smaller, lower power tractors, improving the unit's dehasking rate and also ensuring that the machine could be loaded and offloaded more easily and rapidly. 
A key upgrade to Putia's mobile Dihaska was fitting it with a 30-kilowatt diesel engine on the rig, making the unit self-powered. This South African-made design promises to save not only Carlton Shields, but all farmers in the macadamia industry lots of time and money. Now let's go to the Western Cape. Andre Kluter has over the years distinguished himself as one of the first small-scale upland pear growers to have reached commercial success. Moreover, he has achieved this on land rented from government under the proactive land acquisition strategy. He started leasing Klein Yacht near Grayton in the Western Cape in 2008, and he now runs a successful mixed farming operation producing sheep, fruit, and grains. However, he says that land ownership has been his biggest worry ever since he acquired Klein Yacht back in 2008. Pluto says he'd give anything to just buy the farm and get it over with. But the whole process of acquiring the farm and having to deal with lease contracts has been extremely stressful and draining, he says. And to make matters worse, Kluter was only able to sign a 30-year lease contract two years ago, even though he had already leased the land for 10 years at that stage. This, he says, means that he will be an old man by the time he can buy the farm. Because of the difficulties he has faced, he foresees many problems with the 500,000 hectares that government recently made available to small-scale farmers. Government has stated that no transfer of title deed will be allowed for these farms, and Kluter says with no collateral, it will be difficult for farmers to develop this land. Land means nothing, he says, unless you have the money to grow or produce something on it. Kluter also says nobody likes to invest in land when there is a constant threat that you may lose it at any time. Now let's move on to quickly look at some of the top agricultural news from the last week. Land Bank says that the Moody's downgrade won't affect its restructure plans. Moody's downgraded Land Bank's corporate family rating and long-term issuer ratings to a sub-investment grade. In a statement, Moody says the ratings action resulted from the ongoing delays in concluding Land Bank's restructuring plans and implementing a related liability solution with the latter being a necessary prerequisite to allow the bank to cure the current event of a default. Such delays increased the risk, said Moody's, that a liability solution will not be agreed on, potentially resulting in sizable economic losses for lenders. This might mean that farmers who will require financing from the land bank in the near future will continue to encounter difficulties in accessing such funding due to the bank's current long-standing liquidity challenges. Sydney Soundy, executive manager of strategy and communication at the Land Bank, told Farmers Weekly the bank did not have sufficient liquidity to provide in the financing needs of the farming sector. It was only able to recycle loan repayments for the financing requirements of its existing clients, resulting in less than 50% of the existing clients' requirements being met. According to Soundy, no new client applications were being considered at this time. In other news, consumers must brace for stronger December meat prices. Red meat and pork prices are currently the strongest they have been in years, and experts expect this trend to continue into December and possibly for some time beyond. Paul Makube, senior agricultural economist at FNB, said that for the first time, the producer price of A-grade beef had breached the 50 rand per kilogram mark and was more than 15% above the prices achieved at the same time last year. 
Lamb and mutton prices were currently 28% and 40% higher respectively compared with the same time last year. Pork producer prices remained above 30 rand per kilogram, with pork and bacon prices standing at 15% and 9% higher respectively than this time last year. Gerard Skitter, the CEO of the Red Meat Producers Organization, said that stronger beef, lamb and mutton prices were, of course, good news for for producers. And he also reminded consumers that South Africa's average red meat prices remained around 30% below average international prices. So, according to Skitter, the country's current red meat prices were still a bargain. That was it for this week. Thank you for listening to this episode of the Weekly Wrap. Join us again next week when one of my colleagues will be discussing some of the features from the 11 December issue in which you can read about the South African mango producer who pioneered high-density mango orchards and who is now aiming to increase yield to 100 tons per hectare. You can also read about one of South Africa's top South Devon studs, which has been consistently producing record-breaking bulls. And finally, learn about the benefits of having bats on your farm to control insects such as stink bug that cause massive financial losses for farmers in the macadamia industry specifically. In the meantime, remember to follow us on social media for the latest farming news updates. We are on Facebook, Twitter and LinkedIn at Farmers Weekly SA. Until next week, stay safe and happy farming.